Hi, everyone, and welcome to the What Have You Been Up To podcast. Really excited to get to share this experience with you, and I appreciate you for listening in. On today's episode, I'll be speaking with Trey. We'll be talking about what our friendship has meant to each other over the last 12 years, mental health and how it affects us, and how we're helping each other navigate through a life that isn't always perfect. I hope you enjoy. I hope you enjoy. All right. Episode one. We're here. I'm here with Lawrence Oliver the third, aka Trey Peace, aka Trey, <laughs> aka Boca's dad. We out here. How do you feel, bro? You know, I feel a little um a little nervous. Me too. My heart's and, kinda beating. Um you know, we obviously did a lot of prep today. But once we sat here, hit the record button like 30 seconds ago, it was like, fuck, this is happening. And uh, I, know how to, I know how to solve that, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Love you, bro. Love you so much. I love you too, bro. I'm so happy so, to be here in Chicago with you, doing every, we, everything we did today, which is a lot, which people will see by the time this airs, right? Oh, yeah. By the time this airs, um, a lot of shit's going to happen. Yeah. So that's what's pretty exciting. But, yeah, man, thank you. Thank you for being my first guest. Um, kind of crazy to say that I have a podcast. <laughs> like, that to me... I just started listening to podcasts a year ago. For the record, look at what you did. You have two Shure mics. You have cameras set up. Yeah, man. The hookah and this... Posh ass Chicago skyrise. Well, a lot can happen in ten years. A lot can. Do you want to start at the beginning? I want to see. I want to hear your perspective yeah. on how this started. Yeah, but um, first I have to ask you. Yeah. What have you been up to? <laughs> Man, I've been up to a lot. Most recently, traveling with my wife and my cat, and before that, planning on traveling. And before that, finding myself. And before that, kind of losing touch with you. Yeah. Not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. In a growing way. But there's some things we got to kind of talk about that we both missed. That's what today's for. Right. right? No, for sure. And I think, I think the whole purpose of, of why I started this was, like, we've been connected. It's not yeah. a reconnect. Right, right. It's a deeper connection, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I don't know... I don't know how many other people can say like a 30 minute to one hour conversation can really elevate their friendship, but like we can. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping um, through this that I can do that with other people. I can feel it. But I think that since you're here, it just made sense <laughs> to just to do this. And Completely. there are things that we missed, you know, um, maybe unfortunately. Maybe fortunately. Who Maybe knows? It's all for Cause, a reason. Because we are here, yeah. right? Like, that's all that matters. That's what we were talking about earlier. But yeah, so let me ask you. Do you remember how we met? I do. Okay. I remember a lyric I wrote about it. Okay. It started at track with an iPhone app. Mob oh, War Boys. Then, we, <laughs> then he changed his name to Mac. Yeah. So throughout this, I might be calling you Moody, but for people that know you as Mac, 
he changed his name to Mac. We were rapping in like junior year, senior year in high yeah. school. After track, we would yeah. run across the street. Carl Sandberg, shout out OP, Orland Park. We set up a studio in your basement. Me, you, Mikey G. Gina was still around then. Yes. And we were rapping. We thought we were. And for those who don't know, Gina's your wife. So Gina's been here since day one. This is all squad. Now May's a part of it. Rory's in here. Yeah. Our dog, my dog might walk in and out of the the brain, but it's okay. He can do whatever he wants. He's better than all of us. He is. He is. It started then. And then we had dreams of rapping or just being cool or changing the world or whatever we thought. Well, yeah. So let me ask you. So you know how we met. Um, We ran track together. Mm -hmm. And it felt like our friendship just skyrocketed. Right away. Like. Right away. And and I want to ask, I guess, what do you think caused that? What, what, What is it about me or this friendship that really elevated it to that level? It's a good question. I think what continues to keep me magnetized to you and the world you've created is that you've always had a sense of direction. You've always had a sense of ambition. You've always knew, like you knew J. Cole was going to get hot before he got hot. You always, I will definitely take credit for that. He was the first J. Cole fan I've ever met. That's yeah. the reason why I even know J. Cole. J. Cole, if you're listening, bro. J. Cole, he knew you would blow up. The warm up. And you always had this vision that was bigger than where we were. And that is something that I've always wanted to stay around. Just the way you've created this podcast, the way you've created your life. That's what made it so magnetic at the beginning. I'm like, I love music. I want to rap. You love music. You want to rap. And you were making tangible action to make that a reality. And that's why I was just like, I got to be around this. And it's never changed. And that's why I'm still here because iron sharpens iron. Being around you makes me better, bro. And it's, it's that easy. Like being around positive energy, being around people that have a vision and actually take action towards that vision. That's what I like to be around, and right. that's why I'm with you, bro. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Much love, for real. Likewise, though. What, what drew you to me? You know, it's, it's, um, it's very similar. You know, I'm not going to bite what you just said, but there's, um, the talent was there, right? And like, Thanks, man. It, was, it wasn't fake. It wasn't like we weren't able to do this stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> like, I was a much more mediocre rapper. <laughs> um, but it was nice to be around people who can actually rap. I loved it. I loved it. I love everything about it. I still do. You know what I mean? Like, it's so ingrained in me, but, like, not a lot of people even know that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, it's not that I lost it ever. It's just not um, on the surface as much as it used to be. But I've been your pseudo-manager for damn near five years now. I know. You tell and me when my shit is trash. Yeah, I'm not going to hold back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a... It's a cold world. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a mass tracks. I'm not going to lie. But they're, they're fire now. I know. And they're only getting They're not better. ready. They're still, I know. They're not ready. But anyways, like, you had the talent. Your energy was there. Positive vibes since day one. I don't think we've ever gotten in an argument. Not that would have deferred me from a friendship ever. I've gotten plenty of arguments with my friends, but... Mm-hmm. Um, 
Nothing wrong with that either. No. But we, still might was, end, we still might end up in one. You yeah, know yeah, yeah. Ugly ass. Who knows? Ugly ass. It's that it was like kinship off the tip, bro. It was like family. Like, I don't know. It's like family. Like, there was no question about it. It was full trust. And that's a big thing, bro, that a lot of, I think, friendships miss nowadays is trust. You know, like, I would trust you with the whole damn world, Man. you know? So that, since we were damn near 17, 18 years old, we're 29 now. Old as hell. Don't remind me. <laughs> old as hell. <laughs> Boy, but, old uh, as hell. <laughs> but yeah, that, that family, you know, family ties, like, you know. It's Kendrick, truly family. Kendrick said. You came over the other day and. You're at my house, and you were like, I can just walk in and feel like I'm at home. I was Windex, helping us Windex clean. in the table. Windex baby. in the table, bro. Yeah. And that's how I feel here. That's how I feel around you. And this podcast is so healthy that we could at least, we don't say this every day. I tell you I love you all the time, but yeah. we can sit here and hash this out. This feels good. Man. No, it feels good, for sure. To hear this coming from you and yeah. for me to say it back to you, this feels really good. This is healthy. This is good for mental health. Oh, for sure. And that's, it's going to be a big topic on this podcast. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I've, I've shared my shit with you. I can imagine. And um, Mental health is important. People who really know me really know I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of, of talking about mental health, mm-hmm. um, which breaks some stigmas, especially, mm-hmm. you know, us being brown and black and, yep. you know, yep. it's not... Uh, no rants yet, uh, but... Yeah, no, no rants yet. And it's not... Um, I think it's a generational thing too, man. It's Absolutely. Like our parents, dude. They don't know what this shit is. Um, but we figured it out the hard way. And Let's know. stay on mental health for a little bit. Yeah. We went to college. I went to Western. I played football. You went away to DePaul. I went to DePaul for undergrad. Um, I stayed at home. I stayed at home undergrad and throughout law school. My mental health was kind of all over the place when college started and we kept in touch and then we lost touch a little bit more towards when you went to law school. And that's when I didn't really know what was going on in your life. Yeah. Uh, between law school and now, how have you managed your mental health? Is that too broad of a question? No, because it's like a broad topic. Right. Like. If you asked me this on Monday, it would have been a different answer today. <laughs> it's a day-to-day thing, huh? It's um it's like working out, man. It is. I since law school till now, how I manage my mental health, probably not the healthiest way up until recently. Mm. In law school, um I had a lot of anxiety. And um I didn't know how to deal with it, you know. The only way I knew how to deal with it was just just kind of put my head down and keep going. Mm. And it wasn't necessarily the right answer, but I wasn't trying to be harmful to myself, but I was. I was being harmful to myself. I just wasn't trying to be. And with tests um, being weighed so heavily, I mean, most of our grade was weighed on like a final exam. So the grind up until that moment and then to just like, be like everything counts in these next two weeks right. it's pretty scary um i wasn't really working out much i wasn't really you know taking care of myself in like a traditional way mm-hmm. um i got rory towards the end of law school and he helped a ton dude like animals are 
I anybody that. who has a dog or a cat they're like really connected to would understand but you know he helped me through a lot of of, of trials and tribulations if you will and then may and i um met towards the end of that and she helped me through a lot of stuff um but post law school um therapy mm. going to therapy for mm. almost two years now and that's helped no it helps man hey you go I've been, I've like been thinking about it dude why not I, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it you go it's you go every other week or every three weeks and you sit in a room and you talk to somebody who cannot cannot repeat anything you just told them mm. for the last hour i think you mentioned breaking stigmas being brown and black in the black community doing therapy for a male in the black community it's like it's not common at all and i think i might be battling with that i think i might be battling with the fact that i might i think that i might have it under control but there's still certain aspects or certain corners that or dark corners that i might need to hash out with someone who might not repeat things that i can say or that i you know and i've been thinking about it lately you saying that might be a sign i think therapy is something anyone can benefit from, especially if you're saying that it's something that has helped you. And anyone listening to this, please get an animal if you have. Yeah. <laughs> it will change everything. Yeah, absolutely. Coming home to an unbiased, just a loving creature. That Who doesn't is, talk. Who doesn't talk. <laughs> That's the best part. This is the best part. They don't talk. <laughs> they just love you. And don't they talk. can't say shit back. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I, while you were going through law school or even before law school, I was playing football around the country and that it took had, your mind off of things, I'm assuming. It did, but it yeah. also added to my mental health struggles because trying to perform on a high level, NFL dreams, trying to make that happen and that being pulled from under me like a rug, that was something I went through a, a slope. I don't want to call it a, a depression, but I you went through- You can call it a depression if you I, feel like I, it was. I was depressed for a bit. And people are scared of that word. I know. Just like I just like I just was trying not people to say it. People are scared of that word. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it, dude. It it is what it is and I went through it and I might have dealt with that in not the most healthy ways as well. You know, alcohol or whatever. But I also found things just by accident that has helped me. Meditation, Gina being in my life, yeah. Boca, my cat. Staying connected with family, reconnecting with you again has done wonders for right. my mental health. Like when we reconnected really when I was in Atlanta, that like ever since then we haven't stopped. And that's been about a half a decade ago. And having family, friends who I call family like right. this, reconnecting with my family, having my wife and the, the cat meditation, journaling is big for me. Waking up and getting my thoughts down on paper is huge for me. Um, but I naturally stumbled on these things. I think that's healthy for people too, if they are struggling with mental health, not to feel forced to find a therapist or feel forced to find a solution. Just, just like explore and figure out what, whether it's bike riding or art, like painting, yeah. I don't know. We don't have to stay on mental health, but like, I think... No, no. Well, there's two things. One, um, I want to talk about 
you know, trying to make it to the NFL and then not doing it, I can't imagine what that feels like, right? Like, it's like me going to law school and then not becoming a lawyer, I feel like. That's probably the closest thing, like not passing my bar exam or something of the sort. But It's a great topic. How does that... We've never talked about this. This is something I'm pretty passionate about for myself and the black community, for instance, because most of the NFL players are black, right? And a lot I don't know of, the statistic, but it, you just look on the field. And, like, yeah. you just look, any Sunday, any yeah. college Saturday, it's like black people who are just going wild. And I've had a lot of friends who are NFL caliber, including myself, who didn't make it, who we're, we're banking our whole life on one thing. I was fortunate to grow up in a nice home, have a good education, have two parents who support me no matter what I do, who put me in extracurriculars like music and all these things. So when it was pulled from me, I had other things to do. Music, I still had an education, I got a good corporate job, but a lot of people, that's not the case. A lot of people come from a broken home and they get a scholarship just off of pure athletic ability. And when that's taken from them, they don't know what to do, man. I've had, I have so many friends who are still lost. And that's tough because I felt it. And I could have sunken into that sunken place. I could have got, gone there, but music saved me. People like you saved me, my wife, my cat. But I felt that. And my thing was an injury. I had a terrible injury, tore my hamstring, had surgery, and there was painkillers involved, tramadol, it's a terrible pain, opioid, and that helped with some of the unhealthy ways right. because I felt myself getting hooked on it, it and numb. numb. And along with the feelings, that was not a good combination. I dropped that, I just dealt with the pain of the surgery, it was like eight to 10 month recovery, it was terrible. But I can just see where that can happen not just for myself, but for a lot of athletes. I don't want to just say black athletes. Anybody who has had a dream and yeah. it's taken from them, it's an identity crisis. People are like, who am I without this thing? And I think that's an important question for everyone to answer. Like, who am I without anything, without any labels, without any status? And once you are grounded there, you can at least start to build the identity you want. Yeah. You feel me? I feel you for sure. Um... Um, I'm a big follower of sports, and a lot of, like, retired athletes don't know what to do. They end up spending a lot of their money and exactly. doing some shit they shouldn't have done. Exactly. Um, it it kind of makes me sad that I didn't even know you had surgery. You know what I mean? And it makes me sad because, like, I consider you a brother, and um, that's why, like, it's tough to lose connection with people you really care about because whether you like to admit it or not people go through shit and that's why I like what have you been up to it's such a superficial question now where it's like nothing not a whole lot but man you don't fucking tell me not a whole lot right. you just told me that you went through an eight-month recovery and I had no idea and painkillers were involved and we got an opioid crisis like your whole life could have turned into a whole different thing and Very like quickly. I look at you as like one of the most positive people that I know and you've never been to therapy and you did that shit yourself, man. It takes a strong fucking mind to do that. Thank you, bro. Bro, that's fucking nuts. I would have fucking lost my shit. <laughs> oh, I did. But we're here, though. We're I'm here, so yeah. Happy. We're I'm here, but so man, happy. the journey, looking back on the journey hurts sometimes, bro. 
I got some dark times, bro. Man. Some dark times. Man. But what's up now? What have you been up to most recently? You know, this is um, this podcast, as trivial as it might sound to some people, um, and I've called it a passion project. It's like more of a vengeance project, bro. I told you this before. Mm-hmm. It's a vengeance against myself. I haven't done shit, bro. I've just been working and, you know, like trying you see to find this apartment, myself. Bro, you've been doing, you've yeah, done I'm something. Grinding. I'm grinding. Don't get yeah. me wrong, bro. But like, that's not everything, right? Like, I'm grateful. I'm comfortable. Um, my family's in a good spot. That's a whole nother topic. Um, but I haven't taken the time to like enjoy something, create something. And uh, that's why this is a vengeance project. I was like, man, you got to do something differently. And this made the most sense. It's something that I enjoy doing. I like talking to people. I like connecting with people. Um, I'm not scared to talk about shit. You know what I mean? And uh, so that's what I've been up to. You know, I just, this has really been what I've been looking at for a while. I, it's hard to compare what you said to, to what I'm about to say. So don't take it the wrong way, but it's like, there's a there's a theory out there, and I don't know the scientific terminology for it, but it's when you reach a point of success, um, you lose yourself. What, what what do I do now? You know, you know, like I was grinding so hard. I I finished my undergrad, grinded through law school, passed my bar exam on the first try, got married all in the same year, and then you have nothing to work towards anymore. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do. And that was so hard for me to accept. And for a while, it was nice. You know, I just fucking played some PlayStation, hung out, chilled. But then I was like, wait a minute. I'm getting lazy, bro. And that does not feel right for me. And I need to, I need to fill my days with a lot of productivity. And I fell into a pretty bad depression, bro. Um, there was a lot going on in my personal life, even in my professional life. And I was just not myself. I remember we had some very, very, very deep conversations. Mm-hmm. I, lost, I lost my confidence. I lost, who, I lost my edge. I lost, I lost the Mac in me, bro. And like, for, for people who know me, like- You're Mac. That's a tough thing, bro. You're Mac, dang. Yeah, dude, it's you a know? tough thing, bro. Like, to completely lose that, I was, I went through a year of therapy sessions just on that topic. Mm. And my therapist helped me see through some things I was doing at the time. He's like, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that. And it took a while, but I feel it's coming back. I might be at like 50%. You know, I got, I got my depression and my anxiety in order. It's not solved. It'll never be solved, bro. Days, every day's a work in progress, bro. We're in beta, you know, but, um, this is a huge step. This, this podcast is, it means a lot to me. Um, I think like today we were running around making content for the podcast, content for the music, and I just felt so alive and so in flow and so like this is exactly what we should be doing. Right. It's exactly how I felt in high school. We would run through the halls like we're about to go rap. We're about to go to the studio. And there was nothing else on our mind. Nothing else on our mind. I felt that today. And like I forgot that I was 29. I felt like I was 16 again. And I felt like 
just right. Like we're just big kids now with better resources. Right. And more talent, more knowledge, more skill, more more human interaction skills. Like we can talk to adults because we're we're in here now. We're right. running the world like alongside everyone else. You're worldly, bro. You lived in the Philippines for a man, while. Man, man. And that has brought me a lot of development, a lot of perspective. A you're lot wo- of you're world known, bro. You're Pitbull. <laughs> 305 boys. <laughs> man, traveling has been tremendous for me. That has been tremendous let's, for my mental health. Let's talk about it, man. Let's talk about the Philippines. You went to the fucking Philippines on a whim, essentially. Pre-COVID. Yes. Left Atlanta. Got on a flight with your cat and your wife. Your wife's a lot cooler than you, by the way. People think you're cool, but your, your wife's a lot cooler. My wife is the shit, and she's the reason why I am who Shout I am out today. Gina. Shout out, Gina. But tell me about the Philippines. What was it like? You know, what did you, what did you take from it? And how did it help your mental health? The Philippines was great. Leading up to the Philippines, I want to go back a bit because I don't even think I talked to you about this or you knew a little bit about it, but there was a day Gina and I were both in corporate and I'm just trying to get on this abundance kick. I've already got gone through the surgery. Now I'm working. I'm in sales. She's teaching. And I'm like, you know, we got to just level up. So I'm into the affirmations, the meditations, the different uh, streams of income. We're trading. We're doing all these other ways to increase our increase our income however that looked and I wrote on the wall I do terrific work in an amazing way I have phenomenal service for an abundance of pay I'm a multi-millionaire and today is the day I wrote that on the wall the very next day I got in an accident that almost killed me oh my God. car totaled it wasn't my fault so financially it was a blessing I had a, a great settlement right And I wasn't thinking about this when Gina came home maybe six months later and said, we need to travel. We need to leave here. What I'm teaching in school doesn't align with how I'm feeling as a human, how I'm developing my beliefs and philosophies. And I said, let's do it. The settlement still wasn't even close to being complete. I'm still doing physical therapy. It actually re-aggravated my hamstring, which, you know, took some time to recover. And That's an emotional toll in and of itself because it puts you back in the time but there's a silver lining to very dark things. And this accident brought a lot of dark things out of me again, being at home and feeling that same weight of depression of not being active and just sitting there. But what that did was it provided a a financial cushion for us to travel and to experience life. And we learned more than we ever learned in college just by traveling. So I wanna get that out the way. It was like crazy law of attraction that happened the, the very next day. And then that like funded our first half of the Philippines. We blew through that shit. But like we learned because Gina went through an identity crisis too. She was a teacher and then we're doing this digital nomad life. So she went through that. But to answer your question, walking around a country where the cops don't view you as a threat 
and they look at you like, yo, Bob Marley, yo. And the cops with these big shotguns coming up to me, it was like I had a breath of fresh air that I didn't even know I had. Like being here, seeing the cops, it's different now because I, I have traveled the world and I'm a little more rounded. Right. But being in the Philippines has taught me that I can, I'm a free man. I don't have to walk around scared when I see a cop or I don't have to feel like I'm doing something wrong even if I'm not. But it took me traveling to the Philippines to see that. And that was the biggest thing for my perspective. And there was another, and a lot of other things, but that was that. And even speaking on Law of Attraction too, I met so many cool people. Right. I met my audio engineer and music production mentor. I met a lot of amazing artists, my vocal coach. And these people are like big in the Philippines. And I just so happened to come across their paths because, you know, frequencies, vibration, like us right here. Like right. we're just on the same wavelength. So like... I know it's what you've been up to, and we're going getting into details, but I'm going to keep it as short as possible. Oh, man, like, this is the point. It was everything from my perspective. We lived in a jungle during COVID, a beautiful, beautiful beach house overlooking the ocean. And at the bottom of, the, at the bottom of our, our pathway, it's just like a village of people, and the poverty is pretty bad in the Philippines. Yeah. But we'd see during rainy season kids like with no clothes on, jumping in the mud, happier than I've ever seen kids here in the US. And they have like a fraction of what a kid who's poor here has. And they're just the happiest kids. And me and Gina, we're building our business, which is a blessing now, it's great. We're like full steam ahead, but we'd have problems or go through something even in our personal relationship. And then we'd walk down and they'd greet us, Gina Trey, Gina Trey. And we're just like, what were we even, what were we like stressing about? What were we arguing about? What were we? It's, it's nothing. Which is deodorant. <laughs> this bitch has oh. complaining about his deodorant this morning. I was <laughs> but that's like the perspective. Like those, perspective. those things were crazy to me, and it was amazing. And there's so many other things, not on this deep, serious J Cole shit, but like J Cole's so serious. <laughs> Lighten up, bro. Watch Ted Lasso, dude. Dude, watch some Ted Lasso, dude. But there was a lot of beautiful people there. The Filipino people are the most generous people. They'll give you their last plate and be offended if you don't take it. And yeah. that was just great. And man, I, it's really hard to put it all into just one we sentence. We kind of come from that too, though. We kind of come from that, like, we'll give you the last plate, you know? Oh, yeah. And um, it's so nice to connect with other people like that, yeah. you know? Speaking of having a lot, man, it's like, I can never fathom having what I have now, you know? Um, I grew up I grew up pretty blessed, too. Um, my grandparents raised nine kids and myself, yeah. As immigrants, <clears throat> and my grandma didn't work, you know? I don't know how the fuck, I don't know how the fuck you did it. I really don't, but... You know, all nine of us are, well, ten of us. I consider my aunts and uncles, even my mom, like my brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. are blessed, man. We were successful. And, but still, you, even though I grew up seeing, like, my uncles and aunts becoming successful, it was, it was weird when I got here. And I was like, okay, I don't know what the fuck. I don't know how to act. I don't know what to do. But, you know, day by day, you, you get more comfortable with it. But you do lose perspective. 
it was perspective of like I was sleeping on my grandma's couch like ninety percent of my life. Like <laughs> let's get fucking real, bro. Now I'm looking for like the most comfortable bed sheets in the world type <laughs> shit. And if the air conditioning ain't right, I'm a I'm a monster. Forty dollar hand soap. Yo, Forty dollar hand soap. What is bro. this guy on? But it but it's the best hand soap. It is the best hand soap. My Shout hands, out A soap. Oh my god. Yeah, that bomb, bro. That bomb was thirty dollars too. <laughs> they hit me for seventy dollars. If it wasn't my birthday, bro, I wouldn't have done it. But hand products alone. Hand products. A lot can happen in ten years, man. A lot can happen in ten years. And for those wondering why we keep saying that, um, when we had the studio, we were ripping out pages of magazines. We had Rolling Stone magazines yeah. all over the walls, and um, I'll attach a picture. You know, I'll attach a picture for everybody to see, but. You in the have middle, it? I have a pictures. Yeah, I have pictures. I still have my SoundCloud up, but we're not gonna let people know what that is. <laughs> not until we're really big yeah. time and there's yeah. no shame. <laughs> <laughs> Some ass music on there, bro. Until then, it stays in the vault. You want to know something funny? My friends to this day, yesterday, I had a friend text me some of my old lyrics, just roasting my ass. Bro. Oh my gosh! But those bitch asses aren't doing nothing themselves. They don't know. No creative, bro. They don't know. <laughs> um, but anyways, in the middle of the wall, it said a lot. A lot can happen in 10 years. And we used to talk about, bro, could you imagine what happens in 10 years? I know. I didn't think we'd be sitting on this fucking couch making a podcast, bro. Especially through those tough years of undergrad and law school for me, bro. Fuck. I couldn't see shit except for the money, bro. Man. It's all I gave a fuck about. I was saying today, like, back when we would say that a lot can happen in 10 years. If you showed us videos and pictures of the stuff we'd be doing today, those dark times would have been a little easier because I would have been bro. like, okay. A little lighter. I see I see where we're headed, so it's okay. I'm supposed to go through this. But that's the thing about hindsight is I look at where we are now and I look at all the dark phases we've been through. It's like, we had to do that. We had to because we wouldn't be strong. It's so cliche, but we wouldn't be strong like Is this. it cliche though? It's not. It's not. Like we're here because of all Pain. of it. Pain, of it. happiness, sadness gains losses death life all of it bro that's why we're here bro man and still none of this shit makes sense it doesn't it doesn't and i hope this is what you really get across in your podcast and this is what i envision myself getting across through my music is exactly what we're talking about and the fact that i still don't know i still don't know what's going on I, had, I know what I, I've been through and I know how to handle that, but I'll never have this shit figured out, bro. That's okay. But I'm confident knowing that. It took a while for me to realize that was okay. It took a while for me to give up some of the control. Mm -hmm. And some of the relationships. Oh, my God. Don't get me fucking started, dude. Man, you <clears throat> and one other person I talked to from high school. And I used to talk to all 4,000 well, that, that's, that's what's funny. I was going to mention that in the beginning. <clears throat> you were... Um, I was the people's you, champ. You were popular, man. I thought I was the shit. And I'm so happy I didn't peak. You were the shit. Thanks, bro. You were the shit. But yeah, you didn't peak. A lot I'm of people so did. I'm so happy that wasn't We ain't going to name drop, but... No name drops. A lot of motherfuckers did. Snake eater. My God, dude. Don't even know where he's at. No. Shit. <laughs> But that was that was what was interesting because me and Mikey G, I'm not gonna speak on Mikey G's behalf, but we weren't shout out. we weren't the, shout out Mikey G, we weren't the most popular kids, we weren't like we knew everybody and nobody at the same time. We were so low key, but you started fucking rocking with us, and 
for high schoolers, it's different, bro. Like, that doesn't happen. You know what I mean? But we never viewed it, like, never, as an oddity. I didn't either. I just knew this is f- crew. This is family. It was like a movie. It was. It was like a movie where, like, the popular kid hangs out with, like, <laughs> the fucking brown and white kid for no reason. We used to make our raps and think we're the shit. We and were the shit. Our classes, there's 4,000 kids in our high school. And 3,997 haters. Yes. And we would walk through the lunch. They were so mad. Row, just to Big sit mad. Down. Big mad. Like, who are these kids? Big Why mad. are they walking around thinking they're the shit, thinking they're larger than life, which we were and we're we still are. We're trendsetters, bro. Trendsetters. We're trendsetters. And people hated on us. But we, we had a... We had a confidence to us that bordered arrogance, mm-hmm. but we've never crossed that line mm-hmm. because we've always been humbled by life. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. And that's what I'm taking with me, man. I almost let that line slide to the other side of I'm not shit. And if you tell yourself you're not shit enough times, you're never going to be shit. And that's a dangerous fucking line to cross. You really believe it. It's a dangerous line to cross. I am is such a powerful word. Whatever you put behind it is truth. If you say I am stupid, it's truth. If you say I ain't shit, it's truth. If you say I'm the best rapper alive, it's truth. Even if you're the only one who believes it. Right. It doesn't fucking matter. If you say I'm a great husband and a great father to Rory, it's truth. Right. And that's one of the things that I've really learned is like you really like just podcast you set up. It's like you speak it, you act on it, it, it just happens. Yeah, and that was something I was missing for so long. Um, I was talking about a lot of stuff. I was talking about... I've had, I've had ideas up, up the ass, bro. We've talked about, I can't even, I, I can think of like 50 right now. Mm-hmm. But I never had the, the confidence to really go through on any of it, and it affected my success of those things. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But this one, I was like, fuck it, bro. I got on fucking Amazon. I ordered my shit. I started writing shit. I started fucking talking to you. I talked to other people, and I was like, I need this to happen. I need this to fucking happen. And what you acted on was a a gut feeling, but like the concept of this podcast, your personality coupled with it, your determination, your resources, you had the means to actually make this shit happen on, this is the ground floor. It's only going to get better. And this is like amazing. And your gut feeling, like the way you acted on it is super inspiring because a lot of people just let it go or like don't act fast enough and then the next person catches it and takes it like you're doing right. it and like i just want to congratulate you give you your flowers while you're alive and let you know like this shit's crazy bro yeah it's cool <laughs> look at, it's look at cool, us bro man. we're chilling big chilling bro. big chilling yeah we got a big night ahead of us yeah or little probably big probably big um, what else you want to talk about how do you feel I feel relieved. I feel like I'm decompressing. We had a big day today and like things are just happening so fast. Tell me more about 
the conception of Wave Enterprises and the evolution of Trey Peace. And for, for the listeners who don't know what those two things are, um, I've been I've been blessed and um, very honored to be a part of both of those things since day one. So thank you for trusting my my opinions, my critiques, um, my support, which I'm gonna start charging for very, <laughs> very soon. We get the motherfucking country. conversations are long, G. I know about fifty dollars an hour. Hey, that's not enough. <laughs> But um, Wave Enterprise so, started in Atlanta. Hold on, I'm still introducing. You. Oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> so, Trey Peace used to be Trey Peace, as in like a gun, and we changed it to Peace, like the peace sign, because it's more of your vibe. I feel like, um, like you're not trying to rap in your songs like a fucking cornball, but <laughs> I'm just. I'm just... <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, man. No. It's, it's facts. No, nah, bro. It's facts. It's not corny. It's cool, bro. Um, <laughs> but uh, we changed it to Trey Peace. You trusted me enough to, to you know, take that advice. And you I gave me like that it's name. It's going really well. Yeah. yeah. I did. I will take that credit. I did give you that name. Um, And then I remember just Wave Enterprises started out of nowhere and uh, I think even at the time, like, I was like, what is this? Like, I have no idea. Now I know. But why don't you tell everybody what, what Wave Enterprises is? It was during the crisis before my accident, which I mentioned. I started trying to find more purpose in music. So I created Wave Enterprise. Originally, it was a vision for a record label. And I thought that I can get there through music production, piano lessons, which I was giving a lot of at the time and audio engineering and music production and audio engineering i was not that guy yet i was not that guy but bro you are so fucking talented you're one of the best pianists i know thanks man um, thank you out of like the three pianists i know you're one of the best no man your your piano skills are 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 out of control um your musical talent is a blessing to watch i'm so uh intrigued every time there's something new we shot some music videos today and i just felt cool being behind the camera i was like yeah i'm that motherfucker hearing that from you means a lot like you said that about j cole so yeah, hopefully, because, man, J. Cole got that bag, and I think he shared it with his friends. Yeah, so that's what happens. <laughs> so, um, yeah, continue. That started. It was all me. Gina was still teaching, and I was giving the lessons. I was behind this vision. I put my mind to this shit, and I did not, like, stop running with it. And the traveling started, and Wave Enterprise started taking a different shape since Gina had a different identity. She's not teaching anymore. And then I was like, you know what? Trey Peace needs a graphic designer. We need a website for Wave Enterprise. Let's start expanding this to content creation and social media and all this stuff. So while we were on our, our excursions and, you know, having... Our traveling experience. This is all in the Philippines, right? This is all in the Philippines. She's developing her skills as a content creator, and it gave me room to breathe to develop my skills, find the mentors to work on my music production and audio engineering. So Wave Enterprise has always had a vision of being an umbrella of all these 
multimedia facets and it started just taking shape just like on its own so gina came with the super creative super talented content piece and i've watched her grow over the past four years into this like just this epic creator and from that we've had amazing clients come by and like Fast forward to now, like now we're doing podcast editing, we're doing music production, content creation for these amazing wellness brands and these really determined entrepreneurs. So now Wave Enterprise is still the same vision. It's just, it has a life of its own now. Right. And like we said, everything we've been through has helped shape that, not just myself, but the business. And like you came around as soon as like wave was started oh yeah no i remember like day one yeah yeah and i remember it being more geared towards the music yeah. and then it became a multimedia and it was there was it was big for me to be open to it changing and having another person come and like shape this vision that i started you got to give up a little bit of control yeah that's so tough yeah but it was natural because it was just what was happening. You trust, you obviously trust your wife. Yeah. So it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. yeah, now it's just, I'm so blessed. Well, now I'm a client of Wave. Yeah. And you, that's so cool. Do you hear these mics? I don't even have to do much. All right, so what's the discount on that? Because, <laughs> <laughs> so, damn, bro, this is a passion project. It costs passion? a little bit of money. You no, know, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> Got that friends and family. Tell me, though, let's talk about the future. Where do you see new school productions? Oh, new school productions. And for those of you who are just hearing that for the first time, new school productions was our record label in high school. It is we, still our record label. It is still, it is still alive. Well, the, what, what have you been up to is actually a um, production of new school productions. Mm. So it is the first project under new school productions. And I could imagine it becoming a also a multimedia organization. Let's go. And um, I view it as a side by side partnership with Wave, mm -hmm. and I think we have that trust in each other. Where it goes without saying, um, I view I haven't dwelled on it much because I've been so focused on this project. But there are going to be some things in store for New School Productions. I do think there's going to be a musical aspect to it. Um, you met my friend 2AM, Ahmad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think he's he's a up-and-coming artist that's going to be out of control. He's fire. Yeah. He's fire. You're out of control. Um, I believe that I'm going to I'm gonna start really tapping into that. Um, who knows? Sky's the limit, bro. I think it's a, it's a new wave of opportunities, and I'm really excited. Me I'm too. excited that Wave Enterprises is is helping with everything here from production to music to videography and photography and it's just it's fun, man. It's fucking fun, dude. And like I don't give a fuck how many people tune into this. Like I hope the whole world listens and they get something from it, but like at the same time I just genuinely am enjoying this right now. So that's what I'm focused on, you know? That's what I'm focused on. I hope I can keep that that passion going throughout. I know this is just day one, but day one, day one of many. Episode one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good start yeah. for sure. Um. But yeah, man, where do you see the future? Just like you said, 
five years from now, me personally, I'm managing my own group of awesome professionals. I'm getting paid to travel the world, make music all over the world. Which you're already doing. Right. Which is awesome. Killer DJ. Killer fucking DJ. Hey. I'm coming. He's coming. DJ Mac. We got the decks. I'm coming. I do like talking about the future, and I have it all written down, and I have it verbatim. You do a lot better at me than, uh, like, you do a lot better at planning than I do. Like, writing down and envisioning, I think I need to do better at that, for sure. I might get in my head too much with doing that and just focus on now, because, like, right now, in this moment, like, we're here. And I need to keep that in the forefront. But it's, I still think it's healthy to talk about the future and, like, just put it out There's there. There's nothing wrong with it. Speak it. There's nothing wrong you with know? it. Otherwise, you're going to lose sight, bro. Right. You're going to lose sight. There is something I want to talk about, which is, I don't think we've ever talked about it, but then there, was a, there was a time in our friendship where I questioned where we were, hmm. and I had nothing. It was, like, no hard feelings, but I remember you guys visited Chicago and it was kind of difficult to, like, get in touch with you. We met at, like, some random place in Wicker Park. And it was just a weird night. I just didn't feel connected. You know what I mean? And I think that you were at a time where um, maybe mentally you weren't where you are now. And I saw it. Like, the energy wasn't there. And we just didn't click. And it was probably the first time that we didn't. But it was also the first time we were getting back together in years and I, I was, I was kind of sad. I was like, man, I, I love Trey so much. It just didn't, didn't feel the same. But it was okay. It, things don't have to feel the same, right? But I'm so happy that, like, whatever, you know, speed bump that was for me mentally, like, you got back to Atlanta. I think we got on the phone maybe a month or two later, and it was like, boom, like, okay, I think I got off the phone. I talked to me. I'm like, no, I was tripping, bro. Like, Trey does want to be, like, Brothers with me, like, we want to take this shit to the next level. This is five years ago now. And I remember. You know what I'm saying? I remember. And I don't know if you have any insight to that, but... I do. And that really was just what we were talking about before. We were both going through things. I was going through my own shit that I really didn't express to anyone outside of Gina. And when we met at that moment, I was shaking off demons. I was shaking off mental mental congestion, mental clutter that was that didn't serve me. And when we met, we weren't on the same wavelength. No. We weren't vibing like this. No. And it, I'm so grateful that we can get back to this. Yeah. Back to where it started. But in that particular moment, I wasn't who I needed to be to fully show up for you. And you weren't the only one. It was my, my wife. It was my family. It was a lot of people that were feeling those same vibes that you were feeling. And that was one of those times. And you, you caught me in that shit. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad we get to talk about it because we never did. And um, I never really understood it until right now. What have you been up to? What have you been up to, <laughs> motherfucker? I'm happy I got to explain that too. And I actually forgot about that. And I, I did too. And I, actually, I really had no, I had no idea how that was affecting you. And I was just so in my world that I didn't even not care but i didn't even notice that that's how i've been right i've been the same way right i think we all can be victim of that yeah and that's why i wasn't like mad about it, it just 
confused, right? Like, you, I knew you as who you were, and I knew us as what we were. So it's one night, too. But a lot of feelings can happen in one night, right? Like, you, can, you can read a lot in one night. Like, I came home that night, and May's like, for those of you who don't know, May's my wife. Shout out. An incredible person. Um, I was way like, cooler than you. Way cooler than me. Yeah, way cooler than me. But um, came home that night, and she's like, how was it? I'm like, it was fine. But I never felt that way again because since then, man, we've had some of the most incredible days, nights, conversations, FaceTimes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it feels good to address it. It was, never, it was not on my chest necessarily, but um, it feels good to talk about, flush out. There's yeah, nothing wrong with it. Not at all. Yeah. That's why this podcast is here. Yeah. <laughs> right. That is. That's why we're in front of these microphones. We don't. That's a that's a side note. We don't need these microphones to do this. I know. But this it is does literally help. we're just taking our life and putting it on mics. Yeah, it helps though, and it, it it I think my goal to talk a little bit about this podcast is to inspire others to do this with people they love. Reach out to people you haven't talked to in a while. If that one situation one night feels off with somebody you know and you love, like talk about it. There's nothing wrong with it. I could have picked up the phone the next day and asked what's up, but. We're talking about it five years later. There's a comfort level that you need to have, and it's okay to to go outside your bubble a little bit. You know what I mean? But I love you, bro, and I got nothing but respect for you. Um, I'm very excited to see, you know, what's in store. I really am. I really am. Feelings mutual, bro. I'm so grateful to be sitting on this couch, episode one, first guest, Life is full circle. A lot did happen in 10 years. Uh, the next 10 years is going to be even better. Yeah, next 10 years are crazy, bro. In 10 years, we're going to be 39 goddamn years old. Crazy. My knees hurt already. Man. <laughs> How about that workout today? Man, my traps are on fire. <laughs> yeah, word. We got it in at this lifetime. This guy... He only does the best, right? <laughs> so he takes me to Lifetime. We get this crazy-ass workout with the best amenities, best workout gear. Then he takes me to the restoration room where it's just, like, automated rollers that are vibrating. The gun thing. I don't even know what yeah. it's called. Yeah. And then the body weight. And, like... Man, we don't even deserve this oh shit. Oh, my God. It's crazy. I feel so You good. know, I, I, learned, I learned to have the best from Jack, bro, my dad. Mm, shout he out. He taught me, bro. Shout out, Jack. He taught me how, you know, might as well have the best. It's a good or bad thing. I don't know. I think that's the best way to live. Yeah. That's what you teach me. I got to get a better iPhone. Bitch ass iPhone. I'm on that X shit. You on that Mac shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This man. was a great conversation. Nah, this is fun, man. This was really fun. I really appreciate it. Episode one. Episode one. How you feel? I feel great. I feel accomplished. Anything else you want to talk about? I think I said it. I think I said it. It's just amazing how the things I've witnessed in my life happen and then watching you manifest everything in your life, it's just confirmation to keep going. And I feel like that's all I can say. I love it, bro. I love you, bro. I love you too, bro. Shout out Trey Peace, episode one. I appreciate you, brother.
Thank you all for listening. Until next time. Peace. My boy. Love you, bro.